In 2013, Dan Norris was two weeks away from unemployment, following eight straight years of business failure. The following week, and with no funding, he launched an idea that within two years was a million-dollar recurring income business that was quickly snapped up by GoDaddy. He's now onto his next venture and having a ball. Let's go and find out exactly how he did it. Before we immerse ourselves in episode 377 of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, the marketing gold is made possible thanks to Dragon Speech Recognition Software and 52ways.biz. Dragon's amazing. It converts whatever you say into text. You download the software, start talking, and your words appear on your screen, which means you can create documents, blog posts, emails, reports and spreadsheets in a third the time because we speak three times faster than we write. Get 35% off at getdragon.com.au. And we're also made possible thanks to Dale Beaumont's 52 Ways live event that's touring Australia and New Zealand this month. In one very full day, Dale hands you on a platter 52 ways to grow your business. You can grab your free tickets over at 52ways.biz. And welcome back to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. I'm your host, Timbo Reed, but you, infinitely more importantly, you're a motivated business owner and you are ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. It's exactly what we do around here. We've been doing it for eight years and we will continue to do it. If it's your first time round, thank you. If it's your 100th, 200th time round, thank you. Big show today. Serial entrepreneur Dan Norris shares his strong opinions around getting ideas off the ground, why we should all have a solid content creation strategy, and how he built a million-dollar recurring income business in just two years. Resident expert Dale Beaumont from 52 Ways has an idea that will save you hours each week. I share another low-cost marketing idea that should get you a sale today, and we go back into the vault, revisiting an episode in which my guest was so superficial, I wanted to throw up. (laughs) As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Normally, I share upcoming guests at the end of each episode, but I'm way too excited with a couple I've just booked in. The world's leading search engine optimization expert, Rand Fishkin from Moz, will be rejoining us after a two-year absence, and he's going to update us on SEO best practice for the coming 12 months, and it's going to be a highly, highly practical episode. That's coming up. And legendary Channel 9 newsreader Peter Hitchener will be taking us behind the scenes of how he's using Snapchat, Periscope, and pretty much every other social media channel to build his personal brand 
and get more people turning in to the Channel 9 nightly news. Now, Peter is not 60. He's not 65. He's a little bit older than 70. And boy, oh boy, is he nailing social media. Two very insightful interviews coming up. You excited? I am. Righto, time for a quick productivity tip. Life just got a whole lot easier. Hi, it's Dale Beaumont here from 52ways.biz, the best one-day business workshop ever with another productivity tool to make your business life a whole lot easier. So what is the tool that I have for you today? Well, it's called Video Speed Controller, and this tool can quite literally save you at least five hours per week. How is that so? Well, I'm guessing, like me, you consume a lot of videos, right? However, most people watch videos in just normal speed. However, with this tool, you can speed videos up and you can watch them in 1.5 speed or 2x speed or 3x or more. So if you've got a video that goes for, say, 10 minutes, you can actually consume that in three to five minutes if you use this tool. Now, it's available for free as a Chrome extension. So if you're using the Chrome browser, you can search for extensions. You can then install video speed control and then what happens is anytime you're watching a video, whether that be on YouTube or Vidlar or Vimeo or any of the other tools, in the top left-hand corner of that video will be a minus and a plus. Minus, of course, slows the video down and the plus will speed the video up. So now you can watch a longer video in a much shorter space of time. So go ahead and check out Video Speed Controller. You'll be glad you did. There you go. I told you life would get a whole lot easier. This has been Dale Beaumont from 52ways.biz. Now, back to you, Timbo. <sighs> life just got a whole lot easier. That is a great tip, Dale. Hey, if you're wondering if you'll be able to understand what someone is saying at, say, double speed, for example, well, I'm speaking at double speed right now. And you can understand me, right? I'm probably making more sense than normal. Now, back to normal, Timbo. Hey, if you're loving the productivity tools Dale is sharing, then you're going to love his upcoming live events. They're eight hours of solid business building gold. Happening around Australia and New Zealand, you can grab your free ticket or three for you and a couple of mates now over at 52ways, that's 52ways.biz. Coming up after today's interview, I'll give you a ninja marketing idea that gives me a 90% conversion rate. But right now, excuse me while I call my daughter. Hello. Oh, Gorge. Hi. What are you doing? I'm on the train. <laughs> hey, um, the guest on my podcast this week... Swears a lot. Yeah. He drops the F-bomb and the S-bomb. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon I should let my audience know? That's so random. Um, but you should let the audience know before you before the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon. Okay. okay. I've been warned. Cause, um, I don't know, because my parents could be listening to it in the car and then I could have kids in the car. Uh, my kids are so much more sensible than I am. Wouldn't be hard. Okay, let's meet Serial Potty Mouth and entrepreneur Dan Norris, who's failed for a very long time before succeeding. Dan endured eight years of failure before selling his first successful business to GoDaddy for an undisclosed sum in 2016. I'm guessing it was a lot. Instead of finding the nearest hammock and enjoying his newfound wealth, he's now having a ball 
building Black Hops Brewery, a boutique brewery on the Gold Coast. One thing you'll quickly pick up about Dan is instead of messing around validating the plethora of ideas he has, and he has plenty, as he'll explain, he simply goes ahead and launches, making decisions based on real-time information from real customers to build real businesses. So I started off by asking him a real question. What's the biggest animal he could knock out with one punch? Uh, probably a small lizard. <laughs> Tough guy. <laughs> Look at my arms, wow. man. Hey, Look at my been arms. Been working out? Not a lot. Wow. <laughs> Drinking too much beer. You got nothing more? I thought there was going to be something massive. Zebra. <laughs> Maybe a giant, don't know, ox. Certainly not. Righto. Hey, in 2013, you were two weeks away from unemployment after eight years, right? Of Thanks for reminding trying... me. Well, is that, is that the truth? Yeah, what absolutely. What was going on? Well, I, I think I tend to do things without doing a lot of research before doing them. So I'd, I'd just, I'd literally, I got a promotion at work in 2006. Two weeks later, I quit, started a business building websites for people. I'd never built a website before. Um, and then spent the next seven years trying to figure out every aspect of doing a business, building websites, designing websites, marketing, all of it. And it just, it never worked. And so I got to the end of that. I sold that business for not a lot of money. It gave me a year to build something else. And by the end of that year, I'd spent all my money and I was back to square one looking for jobs. Wow. So clearly, I mean, you've had some success now. We're going to, that's why you're here, eh? But do you reflect back on those eight years of business failure, in your words, as being just like, thank God for that? No. God, no. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want anyone to fail. I, I didn't enjoy failing at all. And I don't, I don't think, you know, a lot of people kind of idolise this idea of failure. I, I fucking hated it. It was awful. Um, and, and I still fail all the time and I, and, and I still hate it just as much as Do I did really? before. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to give me one of those entrepreneurial cliches of fail and fail <laughs> often, no. just, you know. No, no, not at all. I mean, None of I, that. You know, I think there's a lot of learning in there, but whether or not eight years of all of that up and down and all of that time earning bugger all money and all that failure and all that skipping holidays and, you know, getting abused by clients and all of that <laughs> is worth it or the smartest way to do it, I'm not so sure. Okay, okay. But, but, but it must have had some positive impact on where you are now or do I just move on? <laughs> no, no, for sure it did. I mean, I, I think, like... I'm trying to find the tears, mate. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, well, the, the thing is, it's it's a good learning experience because if, if you fail for that long, you, you just think about it, you think about it, you think about it, and you you get to a position where you're like, okay, well, I actually have to do something very, very different next time. And so when I finally launched WP Curve, which was a couple of weeks after then, I'd, I'd drawn on all of the failures from before and, I, and you know, it was, it was essentially a similar business. It was fixing people's websites, yep. which is, you know, very similar to building and supporting websites. Um, but, I, you know, I literally listed all of the things that I hated about the agency and I crossed all of those off and I said, I'm not going to do any of those things, but I'm still going to use my, my core skill set of fixing websites and I'm going to somehow turn that into a service. So I learned from all of those bad years and, and wrapped them up into a service that wasn't going to have the same problems. Beautiful, because when I saw WP Curve all those years ago, it was like you, you kind of hit on something. It was like there was that gap in the marketplace. Mm. Of all the, and for those listening who don't know what WP Curve is, I mean, what's the one-liner? Well, it was it, at the time it was unlimited WordPress fixes for sixty nine dollars a month. Genius, genius. 
because there's all these WordPress website owners out there. Yeah. And it's like I can never update it. I don't know how to put a blog on it. I've got this thing that says 16 plugins ready to be updated. Yeah. Yeah. You, you were the guy. Yeah, and it was a huge market. It was, it was you know, when I thought about it, I'm, I thought, okay, I previously didn't like the idea of just choosing one platform, but I thought we're talking about 70 million websites here. Yeah. Like it's not it's not a niche. <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge market. Yeah. So, you know, I just thought, well, okay, if I can get a 1,000 of these people to pay me 70 bucks a month, then, then we're talking a million-dollar business, and that ended up happening. So, Dan, just take us through the, the thinking around that. You'd, you'd been working on websites in, that, in those eight years of hell. Yeah. Uh, you'd finally sort of at, at one day gone, hang on, there is something here, but I just haven't found what that something is that people really, really need. Mm-hmm. So you literally jotted stuff down, like what is working? What, what is the pain point of people? Is this what you've done? Uh, the pain point came to me anyway because You're since I <laughs> no, since I'd quit the web the web agency, I'd turned down so much work it wasn't funny because because a I couldn't do it because of restraint of trade from selling the business, um, and b I hated it. I didn't want to do any agency work ever again. So I, I was constantly hit with the pain point. But the challenge for me was, well, I didn't want to do any of that stuff. How do I make a business doing things that I did want to do? but still using that core skill set and not just think up something silly like I'd done every other time. I had four or five weird ideas for businesses and I tried all of them and none of them had anything to do with my core skills. Like what? Oh, I had actually one I had, which, which apparently is really good now, is I wanted to build pot plant stands for like heavy-duty pots. That was, that was one of the five random ideas. Right. And I went, this is th- four years ago, I went into Bunnings the other day, there's an entire section for them. Heavy-duty pot stand aisle? Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> well, I would have. It was four years ago. <laughs> I probably should have done it. <laughs> what, were the, what were the other ones? Oh, I had a, a surfing app that was going to be like you, you go for a surf and you check it in and, and you rate the wave and that kind of stuff. Um, the other one was an analytics dashboard, which was the one I ended up going with. And I really just went with it because it was the one that was seemed to be the least shitty idea. Like the pot plant stand, I have absolutely zero idea about anything to do with it. The surfing one... No one makes money from surfers because surfers just don't spend money. Mm-hmm. You know, they make money from clothing and stuff for people who pretend they're surfers. Yeah. But um, And so the analytics dashboard was just one of the, the only one that kind of seemed like it could be a good idea. Are you one of those – I want to come back to WP Curve because I'm interested in how you kind of got that to market and, and, and marketed it. But um, are you one of these guys that is just hit by ideas constantly? Yeah. Is that, do you like that? Or does it freak you out? Uh I've sort of learnt to ignore it a lot. Um, I, you know, it, there was a time where I would just run with every every idea. I've, I've probably tried 50 different projects or businesses and I can only think of three that have worked. Right. But, you know, if I didn't have the 50, I probably wouldn't have the three. How, so, many, dom- how many domain names do you own? Uh, not that many anymore. <laughs> I, so I did have 250 at one right. point. I've got about four or five now. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Goodness <laughs> me, that feeling of like, that's a good idea. I'll just see if the domain's available. It is. I'll I, I still it. do that. So <laughs> yeah. I, I have the 24-hour rule, so I have to sleep on it and then wait up the next day and if I still think it's a good idea, I'll register it. Right. And it's still always a mistake, but at least, you know, you only register one instead of 50. Are you, are you actively looking for ideas or because you, you've got – no, you, you, no. you've got stuff on. Yeah, I'm deliberately shutting down ideas even if they're good ideas. Right, okay, good. All right, uh, maybe there's an idea in sharing those ideas so that others can profit I've, from I've your I've done ideas. that plenty of times. I've done it, you know, with, with the book. I've put, put out it in my community. I've, I've told people to launch certain businesses and supported them to do that and, that, and they've launched them. Have and they listened? They have listened? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, there's been, there's been companies that have launched – as a result of ideas I put out there, and uh, nice little ten percent slice to that'd be uh, nice, wouldn't do it? <laughs> no, isn't that amazing? No, do you think well, that's amazing, or do you think, oh well? No, I think, I think if you, if you can start a business yeah. and have a spare ten percent to give to someone who hasn't done anything, then then you, you're a freak. Like for the most part, you're 
you're just trying to cover costs and get by. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm all for it if you want to have a crack at it. I'm not going to do it, so go yeah, for it. Yeah, fair enough. So back to WP Curve, uh, you'd hit on something. Uh, can you think of the point that where everything sort of started to really hum along? Yeah, well, so so in that position there where I was sort of two weeks away from having to get a job, I with the analytics dashboard, I'd had $476 in monthly recurring revenue built up in a whole year. And that was that was well my done, monthly buddy. revenue. Thank well you. Done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and my expenses were two thousand dollars a month. But we can you can just cut the audio guy and cut that out. Um, but yeah, so it, so that was going down the toilet. I knew that. But with WP Curve, I thought, okay, if I can get that, you know, quicker than a year, I'm I'm doing okay. So yeah. I thought if I can get it in a month. But I got that exact amount in one week, and that's when I that's when I in knew. In week one. Yeah. And wow. so it was only ten customers. Yeah, but proof of kind of concept. That's it right. Be? Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, p- I put the idea in a forum. Asked if it was a good idea. Everyone said it wasn't, and I went, "Well, I'm going to do it anyway yeah. because I'm desperate." Um, well, and just I did on it. that uh, because again, there's a lot of business owners listening whose family, fr- we've all got opinions, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't do that. They're always wrong. <laughs> They're always wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so you made a point not to listen. Well, for the first time, yeah. I mean, previously I was pretty obsessed with, you know, entrepreneurial gurus and following these guys and taking their advice. and Podcasters. Do, podcasters, small business, big marketing advice. <laughs> and, and at that point, it was just desperation. I was I literally, you know, if I didn't launch it, I was going to have to get a job. If I did launch it, there was a very, very slim chance that everyone was wrong and that I could somehow figure out a way to make this work. Right. Um, and it turned out that's what happened. I, I launched it. A lot of people signed up. They didn't abuse the unlimited thing because it just sort of had natural limiters in place. Um, and, yeah, so I got I got 10 customers in the first week and basically got 10 customers every week for the next two years. Wow. Ending up with how many? About 1,000, I think. Well done, buddy. Yeah. You proud? Uh, yeah, I, honestly, I don't think about it too much now because I'm always talking so about many. the brewery now. So. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get to the brewery. <laughs> Bloody hell. No, it's cool. Black hops, black hops, black hops. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but um, it is fascinating because it's kind of the – you do the brewery because of WP Curve, right? Well, that's allowed you to do that, I'm not, guessing. Not really. It was it was, it was was sort of overlapping. You had that $476 tucked away somewhere to buy your first uh, no, can No. Well, I mean, so by the time WP Curve was established, I was earning a good wage from it. So I was, I was sort of, I sort of had money there I could play around right. with, um, but I, in a very fortunate sequence of timing, um, the day Black Ops opened, I was actually meeting with GoDaddy in America to talk about selling WP Curve, All right. and that ended up happening, and they just overlapped perfectly. Beautiful, beautiful. So, okay, wind back, uh, WP Curve, how long? So I'm interested to know, because when I did first see that business model, I'm like, how is that not going to be abused? Mm. Like, But I get it. I mean, people, people are reasonable, I think, at the end of the day, and there are only so many minor changes you can make to your... To one website. To one website, That's right. really. Yeah. Um, so just to understand how that... Because it's, it seems like a pretty simple business, online store where you buy your monthly mm-hmm. uh, membership. Yeah. You have got people, I am guessing, in the Philippines and India and... Yeah, we had, we had people in seven different countries, but mainly the Philippines. Right. Uh, and they're just doing the work. And you've got a couple of managers back here, and probably including yourself, yes? Is this... Well, we actually had managers in the US that managed the whole thing, and me and Alex did, did to be honest, very little in, in the end. Wow. At one point, probably back on the banana lounge, thinking about that heavy pot stand idea. Well, yeah, well, there was a point there where I was like, "Well, I've, still, I've got this business; it's paying me quite a lot of money. It's a good business, but I'm not really required to do anything." So I'm thinking about all these other ideas, and that's kind of why you know I explored some of the other stuff, like the brewery, because I was sort of right. sitting around thinking, like, "Do I build an office in Australia so I've kind of got something to do, or do I just leave it?" Or what was um, it like having 
I mean, we're not talking about gazillions of dollars, but you've all of a sudden had a level of success off the off the back of eight years of failure. Mm. What's that like? Um, I don't. It's sort of hard to think back, to be honest, Tim. I, I, Come on, it, mate. You, it, it was how long ago? Five years ago? Yeah, but it's hard to think back to when it was really bad. Like I remember, right. I remember sitting there and just I remember sitting in the Philippines. On on a uh, an, a little event retreat thing for two weeks, which is when I built this analytics dashboard, and I was I think I was thirty, I was early thirties. My relationship wasn't going very well. My businesses were all fucked. I had kids, and I was sort of like thinking like, okay, well, what am I going to tell my kids I do? And I was just sitting there like six <laughs> o'clock in the morning after a big night, just thinking, what the hell happened? Like, right. how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I always <laughs> had that feeling that I was going to do something successful. Like I've always had that my whole life, but that, but I just had so many years of failure. I just I ended up just yeah. giving up. Um, but through luck or just through persistence or whatever, I didn't quite give up. I was very close to giving up. But Did you get a call from GoDaddy or did you chase them? Uh, a little bit of both. There was actually an Australian company that are, that are pretty well known in the WordPress space that were talking to us about buying us. And we went through a process with them and it didn't go through. And I sort of thought maybe it was a bit of a fact-finding mission or something on their part or I don't know. But but once, once we started thinking about selling it... Um, it seemed to make sense. I wasn't really that involved in it anymore. I was sort of getting excited about doing other things. I could see that it was valuable because there was other companies telling us they wanted to buy it. Um, and then GoDaddy had made some contact back and forth, but I think we went back to them and said, we're actually keen to talk about this. And again, really fortunate timing. They were looking for something like this and, and the process kind of went out and it happened. What was the business? Where was the business at? It was two years old? Yep. Uh, oh, it was a bit more than two years. Okay. Yeah, a bit more than so two years. So three years, 1,000 yep. members. 69 79 bucks US a month. Yep. Uh, and humming. The systems in place. Yep. Great marketing, great branding, great awareness. Yep, we had a good brand. We, we, I mean, we had issues. We weren't growing as fast as we used to grow. I think any kind of recurring subscription is very, very challenging. And I've tried recurring subscriptions with almost every business model Why you can are they think challenging? of. Well, because people leave. And, yeah. and, and you have people come in as well. Well, ideally, yeah. But, you know, if, t- if 10% of people leave every month, if there's nothing locking them in, if, say, 10% of people leave, you could be growing 10% a month and not growing at all. Mm-hmm. And for any business to grow 10% a month, that's a lot of people to come in. Yep. You've got 1,000 people, you're talking about signing up 100 people every month, which is huge. And we had no marketing budget. It was all just content and brand. Was it? Yeah. It was all content. Yeah, we didn't spend any money on marketing. Wow. Or you did, um, you did, but not the market, not above the line that's advertising right, that's or right. anything. Yeah. Everything's marketing. Marketing is everything, Dan. Yeah. Uh, we'll <laughs> no, I've spent a lot of time on marketing. <laughs> well, you love your content. So what kind yeah. of content were you producing for WP Curve? Well, it started with, a pod, you know, I had a podcast. I did I did sort of 80, 80 episodes. I had you on there once a lot, a lot of years ago. You did. Um, I've, I've written hundreds of blog posts, um, written four books, spoken at conferences around the world. Let's um, just touch on this because you're doing it for Black Hops now. Mm-hmm. And the power of content. Do you think that people, business owners, are getting it yet? Uh, I think, yeah, I think more so now with social media because I think a lot of businesses that I see, especially in the hospitality space, they're actually really good with social media. Like in the past, no one was good with blogging because it was just way too misunderstood. Um, But now because everyone's got social media, they use it anyway. People are telling stories on their Instagram and they're putting up content. You know, when, when businesses launch, you're getting stories of how they're building their equipment and, and finding the space and all of that kind of stuff because it's so much easier for them to do it. And this is all content marketing. It's just the platforms now are much easier to yep. do it. So, yeah, I think people are people are definitely getting it. I would say, I think what you said earlier was like this, they're getting it more than they used to. Yeah. You went straight for social media. And I would argue, man, there's a lot of businesses who still struggle with social media. Like, it depends on the business, though. It like, does. I, I think there's, there's a lot of businesses 
that are just not interesting businesses. And that, that makes it very hard. And if you can't tell an interesting story, no one's going to mm-hmm. want to watch the story or listen to it or read it. So I, th- I think that's the challenge. If, if you've got, I mean, it's easy for us. We make beer. I, I hear you. And definitely you've got to run up start beer, interesting stuff, social lubricant. Mm. But the non-interesting business, and I hear it from insurance guys or accountants all the time, yeah. our businesses aren't interesting. I'm not sure about that. I mean, insurance people are all about protecting wealth. Um, accountants are all about um, increasing wealth. I yeah. mean, that's interesting. Well, I think you've got to find you freedom. <clears throat> yeah, you've got to find the interesting stories. I mean, if, if you're doing this for other clients, then I'd be showcasing my clients because your clients are probably interesting. Yeah. Um, but, but if you can't find the interesting stories in whatever you're doing and, and you're just, you know, writing content about some ins- insurance thing you just launched, like, it's, that's never going to work. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'd like to finish up later on about four hours down the track. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. With content. We just have an overall marketing discussion. So let's leave that there. Go back. uh, Yeah, You're in the boardroom at GoDaddy. Yep. uh, And the, the deal's done. Uh, well, this was it was a long process to get the deal done. This was the very first meeting and the only meeting I ever went to because my business partner Alex lived in San Francisco and he handled the the entire thing. Beautiful. Um, and part of the deal was once once we sold it, I would have nothing to do with it and he would go and work for GoDaddy for a couple of years. Right. And it just again, it's it's very very fortunate for me because there was no way in the world I was going to go move overseas and leave my kids here right. and, and work for a big company. Um, but he was there already. It suited him. His his uh, wife wanted to start a business. So he's Aussie or an American? He's Aussie, right? And he actually, I'd never met him until nine months after starting WP Curve. So we what? were doing, we were doing twenty or thirty grand a month, I think, before I'd even met him. Right. <laughs> uh, and you met him, and you thought, were you looking for a business partner? No, no, he was or... already my business partner. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. You started WP Curve with this bloke, Alex. Uh, from day one. No, not day one, but about Ish. day 30. Yeah. Who you'd never met. Yep. Face to face. Yep. Uh, wh- uh, wow. So many questions. So little time. <laughs> uh, how'd you meet him? Why'd you trust him? How did you learn to trust him? How'd you know he wasn't, um, you know, actually a 68-year-old uh, female transvestite who was putting, <laughs> putting on oh, a he's six, he's six foot five, <laughs> so that helped. Nothing wrong with 68-year-old transvestites, by the way. Uh, no. Well, yeah. Well, I, I Skyped with him, so I had right. a pretty good feeling. I knew some of his mutual friends. We used to work at uh, Queensland Rail, not together. We used to right. live in the same suburb. We, we a lot of stuff in common, but we'd never cross paths. Okay. Um, and, and again, it was desperation. I, I started a business that ran 24 hours a day. I had one developer and I had myself and I used to go to sleep at night with my phone next to, We had 24-7 oh, live chat support. So I just right. used to go to sleep at night with my live chat app yeah. on my phone. That's not funny. It, it, well, it, it was never going to be sustainable. No. So it was always going to be, well, I'm going to hire someone over the other side of the world, but I had no money to hire anyone. Yeah. He came again, through content, found one of my income report blog posts and said, um, I've wow. just moved to the States. Um, we started talking. I gave him a trial. And before long, like, this thing was just exploding and, and he was working as much as I was. So I'm like, let's just do it. What we'll a great story. Hey, well, you know, you were everything came together for WP Curve. One last question about it. We move on to Black Hops, the, yep. uh, the beer. Um, <laughs> you happy with the name WP Curve? Always troubled me. Oh, I did it? Why? Yeah, I, I just... Because I could never go, WP curve. Why? Is, what is that? Why is it a curve? Okay. What's it? I'm quite a. I'm quite a literal person. Well, the the, the original name was WP Live Ninja. Yeah, right. And that's, that's, that's I, I get that. Yeah, that's I totally what, get that. That's what I called it. And then um, after Alex started, we we found there was another company called Live Ninja, 
Right. And so he thought maybe it's a good idea to change it. And I actually never liked it because I always like short names. Yes. And But I I, I started this business in, in seven days and I picked the name in one day. So I, I gave it zero thought. I put the website up. Um, so I was fine changing it. Interesting. You, you, okay, so um, again, you know, I speak to a lot of business owners who stuff around for weeks, months about mm. a business name, and my view is, you know, Apple was once a pre- Apple was once a piece of fruit. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's what yeah, you put into that business. That's right. In terms of where the energy comes from. I mean, Steve from. Jobs just happened to be dropping acid on an apple farm and then all of a sudden you've got the most valuable company on earth. <laughs> That's so right. don't try and make sense of it. <laughs> I digress, but I was having a conversation only with my kids the other day uh, and it was all about drugs, uh, speaking of acid. Uh, but I'm very interested. I'd love to see a chart. And if you know it exists, can you please send it to me, which is the top 100 songs of all time. Right. And which ones were written under the influence of something beyond marijuana? Well, you might be able to do the same with like the top Silicon Valley executives hey. of all time. <laughs> right. Wouldn't that be interesting? That, I'd like to see that. Righto. So uh, sold. Thank you, GoDaddy. Has GoDaddy stuffed it up? Uh, no, they've embedded into what they're doing, but they are right. a gigantic company. Gigantic. So it's, it's Yeah, I mean, they were, it was six months before they even let customers in again. Wow. They've changed it. Um, but, yeah, integrating into GoDaddy was never going to be easier. They wanted it mainly for the team and they wanted to offer, like, WordPress services. So it's not, I'm sure it won't be the same as it was when there's two blokes running it. Did you care what GoDaddy did with it? I did, but I was ready to move on. Right. And, and I also cared what I would do with it. And, you know, it wasn't growing anymore. I would lost interest in it. Wow. So um, Why? I thought we were going to leave WP Curve, but it is such a great story. Well, I, th- I think I think there's only so much time you can work on something before you get bored. At least for me, that's a, that's the case. And and this is a, a business that was not changing. It was you know at the at the start when it was changing, we were growing. Um, it was all interesting. I'd sort of learned to delegate everything. I didn't really have a whole lot to do. How's the ADD going these days? <laughs> it's better now because I have a business that's changing every bloody day, so there's plenty to do. See, I hear WP Curve. You sold with a few thousand clients three years in. Um, how many WordPress websites are there? Tens of millions? Yeah. So the upside was rather large, but you just lost interest and, and away we go. Okay, yeah, I but, get it. But I also, if, if it's not growing, you know, how do you get those clients? And I think what we would have probably had to do was completely change the model and that would have been a very big job and it probably would have required us to do some sort of marketplace and probably get external funding. And if I did that, it would mean, again, running yeah, a business yeah, with yeah. a guy on the other side of the world. It was it was going to get complicated. Complicated. You don't um, like complication, do you? Not We're really. <laughs> not really. And then I had another business that was just as exciting, so it made sense. Uh, as in Black Ops? Yeah. Okay, so did you take any time off on the Banana Lounge? Or no, the God, no. Straight in. What else are you going to do? I don't know. You're not a hammock kind of guy? No, definitely not. Mate, you live on the coast. Yeah, well, I, got, I can go for a surf any day and still work. Right. I'm going to surf for 12 hours. <laughs> You could. You've seen my arms, I told you. <laughs> That's right. You could punch out a small lizard. Yeah. Wow. So you, at Black Hops, there was a crossover, was there, between selling WP Curve and starting a boutique Gold Coast brewery? Yeah. Well, we were – it was just – when it started, it was just me and two mates sitting around the pub thinking, oh, we should make this beer. That'd be oh, cool. one of those ones. <laughs> yeah. One of those ones. Yeah. But I'm the, I'm, you know, I'm the kind of guy who, if, you know, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it properly. So – so we did the homebrew and then I made up labels, um, you know, we, we brought up a name, we got an Instagram account. We, we got bloggers to write about this beer, even though it wasn't, it was just homebrew. It was just like, they thought we were launching a brand mm-hmm. and we were just like, oh, this would be fun if we put a label on here. And it just, one thing just led to another. And by the time 
I was in negotiations to sell WP Curve, we'd actually built an entire brewery on the Gold Coast. There's okay. obviously quite a bit I, in between. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. Otherwise, this is going to be a really short interview. I like this because what I heard then was that three blokes sitting around at a pub going, gee, wouldn't it be fun to own or start a microbrewery? Well, see, it wasn't even that then. It was, it was literally... Some beer. It was, it was, yeah, Eddie, had, Eddie, Eddie, my best mate of, of 15 years, had this idea to brew one, one particular beer, which is an eggnog stout. Yeah, sounds and, disgusting. No, it's not. It's delicious. Right. Um, and, <laughs> well, everyone else thought that too because no one else would, no one else no, had made it. it. So, uh, but when we made it, Eddie happened to be right, and he, he wasn't a brewer, but my other mate Govs was. So we had the brewer, we had Eddie with, with all these crazy ideas for beers, and we had me who's into the marketing. What were these two guys doing? Because you're you, you're looking for something. These oh well, two... this I mean this is two this is 2014, deep when WP Curve was you know growing. So I wasn't looking for something. I right, just okay. literally just happened to be there. Pure luck. Right. Um, Eddie was working for government where I used to work at Queensland Rail. Still, he, he stayed there for another decade. I reckon that's decade. that you were a public servant at a point in time. Well, yeah, for, for three and a half years. For your profile shot for the <laughs> show notes of this episode, can I have the... The, the lanyard? The, yeah. <laughs> right. I kept it for a while because I got free train travel, but they, they cut that. Oh, love it. Yeah. So, okay, so you, what, what I did here, though, is in getting black hops off the ground was that... Black, black, okay, I, want, I want to say black ops, but it's black hops. Yeah, no, great we, name. we don't want a lawsuit. It's a great <laughs> name. Um, but you, because you love branding, and I reckon the branding of your beer across all the different types of beers that you have is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I really do. The, the, everything from the selection of the cans and the tap monikers or whatever and the labels, it, it's beautiful. Am I right in saying that it, very early on in the idea, you went off and got some labels done and that injected some energy to give a little kick along and then you open up an Instagram account yeah. and you share it and it's all these little things that have cost nothing yeah. that have built an idea, a, a momentum around an idea yeah. that could have easily gone nowhere. That's right. Well, it was a story and it was the same with WP Curve and when I think about the businesses I've started that failed, it's always been that there's just nothing interesting happening there. But this is a story that's like a, almost a universal story for blokes. You know, sitting around a pub, thought we'd make some beer, ends up br- brewing a beer with Call of Duty and building their own brewery. Um, I mean, we're on the Channel 9 News, for God's sake. Were you? Yeah, when we did the Call of Duty Peter beer. Peter Hitchin had just walked past, our, right. our, our loyal newsreader. Right. Um, what, early days? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it happened gradually, but but yeah, you, you're right. The the, the branding, we, putting, Channel Nine News, though. Sorry, did that happen early on? It happened when we did the Call of Duty beer, which was 2015. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but it all it all sort of led up because we, we we did the branding on the bottles. We sent it out to bloggers. They liked it. They talked about it as if we were building this brand, um, which I guess we were. But it, it was you know at some point it went from a joke to being actually we're going to do this. Um, and after we did the home brew, we there's a thing called contract brewing where you can brew at other other companies' yes. facilities. We did that. It only cost us a few thousand dollars to brew one batch of this eggnog stout, and we launched it. And then all of a sudden, we had an actual business. I mean, you don't make money doing it, but um, we had a business. You know, we did it in a bar. We could sell to bars. We had a launch event, um, and then all of a sudden, it was it was actually real. Um, and then, yeah, and then another series of events, we, we started talking about building our own actual brewery. But it, but at the, at the start, it was definitely not, let's build a brewery. It was like, let's just make some homebrew and see how good it tastes. <laughs> Where's it at now? Well, we're, we're expanding. But we've just ordered, we've raised more money in the last week. Um, we've, we've ordered three times as many tanks as we've currently got to expand into next door. We've taken over next door. Um, were you in a, an industrial state in a warehouse? In the, yeah, but we're in a coast? really good spot on the Gold Coast. We're, we're probably only 200 metres to the beach, 
Um, wow. We're right near the highway, all the restaurants, and it's, it's semi-industrial. 200 metres from the beach. It's not industrial along there, mate. That's prime real estate. That's right. It's a very good spot. <laughs> we're lucky. We, we, we kind of got in at a good time, and, and the owner, again, found us through content, which is always the theme in everything I do. He, oh, he reached out to bloggers. I and... love that theme. <laughs> I, I just don't I – mean, I, I mean, I want everyone listening to this show, this episode, and show like to understand – just how powerful content is because, mm. again, going back to my earlier question, the importance of content. So I get social media is important but, you know, you're great at posts. Some people aren't great at posts. Yeah. But you can also go and blog, you can podcast, you can video, you could have forums, you could self-publish some books. I mean, there's yep. so many different ways and I, 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 my book, The Boomerang Effect, is all about the fact that the more helpful you are in your marketing and the more prolific you are in your mar- helpful marketing, the more it will return multiples. Yeah. And those multiples aren't just customers and inquiries. That's right. Those multiples are, shit, I might just find myself on the Channel 9 News mm-hmm. or I'm now being asked to speak at conferences or someone from San Francisco's hit me up and wants to part. This is the boomerang effect in action because yeah. you just – being you're creating either helpful and or engaging and or entertaining content, right? Yeah. Well, the, the investors is a big one because our investors came to us through our content and, you know, just were drawn to the story, became friends with us and and then, you know, with investing in Australia, you have to kind of raise money from families and friends um, and that come through all the content as well. So it ended up leading to people literally funding this business for us. Hmm. Uh, it would be fair to say, like, just sorry, the brewery now, you, you're expanding. You don't, I, I can't go and have a beer at Black. You sure can. I can. Yeah, yeah. We're open every day other than Sunday. And I we're can open lean 12 on the bar six. And, and talk to Dan Norris yep. and go, mate, mate. You sure can. Not now because I'm in Melbourne, but yeah. You're a publican. Yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah. There's, okay. I mean, there's, there's the three owners work the bar. We've got a full time bar manager who works there as well. We've got a sales guy. We've got, we've got a proper little bar going there. What kind of volumes are we talking in terms of beer? Uh, not a lot. We, our current system, we only really put out about 10,000 litres a month or 12,000 litres a month, something like that. With the new tanks, we'll be able to do about 45,000 litres. Mm-hmm. Um, the site is quite small. It's, mm-hmm. it's probably the smallest site you could probably have a brewery this size. It's very, very cramped. Um, but it's a decent-sized brewery, uh, just a very, very small site. But, yeah, I, I think, I think we've, we've maxed out the tanks after sort of 11, 12 months. Um, so we're making as much beer as we can. Making money? Uh, not, I mean, profit is very, very hard in a business like this. It always, it always has been. It probably always will be. I've looked at other companies that have, you know, done crowdfunding in this space where they have to release their financials and it's turning a profit is very challenging. Every month is really tight. Um, but we've got, we're growing very quickly and there's a point where you get to a level of scale. It's always a compromise. I mean, we could have the very small brewery and have the bar there that does 60% of our revenue and we would do quite well, but we don't want to do that. We want to build a big company and a brand that's selling packaged beer around the country. You do. Yeah, and that's that's an expensive thing to do. Mm-hmm. So we're never going to be, like, massively profitable until we get to a decent scale. But just getting that balance right, you know, I think last couple of months it was sort of 30% revenue on the bar and 70% wholesale or 30%, 40%, um, but we want it to be well the other way and have a, have a decent thriving wholesale business, which is going to take some work. You, you want to be a stone and wood? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, why do you reckon you'll make it? Because I, 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 I love my boutique beers. Um, I have a bottle shop near where I live, which is like a big boy's lolly shop. Yeah. What's this, the bottle this, shop? Um, grape and grain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are fridges. And I mean fridges and fridges of so many different boutique local beers. Mm-hmm. Not, not, you know, not all the stuff from overseas. Local boutique beers. Yeah. 
And that's a marketplace right there. That's all your competition. Why on earth are you going to succeed in being the next stone and wood? Well, I mean, I said I wanted to be the next Stone and Wood. That's cool. a pretty. I mean, Stone and Wood have, have, have just crushed it, and they're probably the you know the the benchmark for this kind of business. Um, I don't know that we will be the next Stone no, and Wood, but, but, but you know, you want to be. So course, yeah. you have a dream to be. What 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 are you putting in place to make? Sure, is it? Some people say the best marketing is a great product. Is that it? Absolutely. The best marketing is a great product, but a great product is not going to do any good without the best marketing no, as well. I so agreed. so I think you know the, I'm I'm really really big on branding um i think the types of beers we choose are really important and we've, we've really with the cans we brought out pale ale cans we've no got, more egg yog stuff mate no Come on. the eggnog's been on tap every every day since we've launched <laughs> and people love it they'll have you know right. so when you visit you can try right, it i'll do that I'll <laughs> but do yeah that. Um, the product's important the brand's important the story's important but there's so many moving parts of this i mean this you might have 500 breweries in the country but they're not all trying to do that you know a, a popular model for like i said on a small scale would be just to have a small brew pub Make make the money on site, sell locally, and you could have a nice little profitable business doing that, and that's a popular way to do it. Lifestyle business, I suppose so. I mean, there's quite a lot of work in this business. Yeah, I, I can mean, you, I mean, really, my old business was probably a lifestyle business because there wasn't a whole lot of Did work you look in that. Back at WP Curve and God, oh my God, those were the days. Not really, because I was kind of bored. bored. I like having yeah. stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When's the ADD going to set in on on Black Hops? Or well, it's not going to because you're you're up and about. That's right. Well, I've, I've got actual people around me and stuff to do. And everything's changing, yeah. and and it, it's growing so quickly that. What's um, the difference of, that you've noticed between having a, being a service provider, and now having a product? I always look at product marketers with envy. Yeah, me too. I was the same. I, I mean, I was getting to the point where like working remotely and having this service that was kind of like this thing up in the cloud was kind of hard work. I was kind of sick of it. So I was going to try and do some sort of physical product anyway because I wanted to make something. I like making stuff and I like seeing what I've made. So it's Last rewarding. week's episode is a guy who's um, brought the, bought the licence to a product called Power uh, Planter. Right. And he's a photographer. Uh, I'm digressing, but just on that whole product thing. I mean, this guy, photographer, bit dissatisfied in what he was doing, <clears throat> bought 20,000 seedlings and then, because he loves gardening. Right. And then he goes, oh, I've got to dig 20,000 holes. And he goes like, I don't want to do that. Right. Quick Google, he finds this thing called the Power Planter. And now he's sold $1.8 million of them in 10 months. And um, oh. he's just loved, he had this conversation about product, being a product marketer versus service. And again, he's just like, oh, it's, it's heaven. It is heaven, but it's it's <clears> it's also, there's so many challenges. There's so many moving parts of this business. And we're, we're three guys who, you know, we've, we've got a pretty broad range of skills, but there's a lot of stuff we don't know about running a brewery. None of us have ever run a brewery before. Right. So there's a there's a lot of work in it, and there's a lot you know there's a lot of mistakes we've made, and there's a lot of moments where you're like shit, like we need someone to actually help us with this because we can't do this. Right. Um, but the what, other business was just cruisy. I knew, I knew it all. What part of running Black Hops is freaking Dan Norris out? Uh, I wouldn't say it's freaking. You know, you sign up for these challenges, so nothing freaks me out. This is this is what you want in life. You want you want these challenges, otherwise you don't you don't start these businesses. But um, the, probably the, the biggest thing that, that we struggle with has probably always been sales, because none of us are in sales, um, and so that's something we, we, we've just had to get other people in. We have to figure out how's this going to work. Like, you know, do we need people on the road? Do we need distributors? Do we? Um, do events. It's this. It's a minefield. It's a really, really big part of selling beer. It's you know, in in businesses, in the past for me, I've avoided sales. And my whole thing was like, I want to build a business that I don't have to do any sales. And that's what WP Curve was. It was a business that was built purely on content. Um, uh, can't and, do and that. A, now. And a good idea. 
Well, yeah, but in terms of marketing, I was like, I don't, I don't want to go out and sell businesses, uh, sell, sell businesses my product or service. And with Black Ops, I, I still don't want to do that because I'm not good at it. Okay, this is interesting because <laughs> you and I are similar in this. I think good marketers uh, and marketing's great at generating inquiry, building awareness, yeah. building a feeling around the brand, right? And it brings in all this inquiry, which is kind of good because it's warm inquiry. Yep. And the sales process sometimes can take care of itself. But what you guys have to do with Black Hops now is you actually have to go out and you do the cold calling and knock on the bottle shops or the distributors or whoever you knock on and go, and they go, who are you? Yeah, I mean, it's especially locally, it's getting to the point now when we go in there and they know who we are. So that's nice. Um, Luckily, up and down the Pacific Highway of the Gold Coast <laughs> yeah. or Brisbane or yeah, Queensland? Yeah, Gold Coast and Brisbane is, is mainly, we sell pretty much all of our beer, Gold Coast and, and Brisbane. That's cool. Yeah, so it's getting to the point where people know who we are and they're actually inquiring to us, which is good, but it's still sales work. And we've got a full-time sales guy. I've got another guy doing sales now, putting a CRM and a whole strategy in place and getting a lot of organisation around it um, because when we've got the extra, extra tanks, we're going to have to sell four times as much beer. Yeah, right. Wow. Sounding a lot harder. Yeah. But a lot more fun. Right? Yeah. Well, this is, you know, like I say, this is what entrepreneurs sign up for. That You have to deal with some problems and that's they're the sort of ones you want to deal with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, listeners, um, if you haven't figured it out, I am talking to serial pest. I mean, sorry, <laughs> serial entrepreneur Dan Norris, <laughs> who I'm so glad you are finally on this show, mate, after eight years. It's, it's bloody fantastic discussion. Thank Good you. meaty marketing discussion. So marketing, um, let's just have a broad-ranging discussion about that wonderful topic. You love it. You respect the power of it. Many don't, mm-hmm. you know. I think the ones who listen to this show clearly do or want to. Yeah. Um, where do you think it's going with mar- where, where's marketing going? Well, I mean, I, I just think it, it. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's always been the same. I the think fundamentals it's, yeah, remain unchanged. Yeah, I think it's it's always about story and it's always about brand. And if you're an entrepreneur who doesn't hasn't thought about the story and doesn't have any passion for your brand or, or at least has not developed some kind well, of let's just, skills, let's, they are too. Uh, on the wank chart of marketing, storytelling and brand are high, are rated pretty yeah, high. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and I'm, I don't say that critically. I just know that there are people listening going, oh, here we go, brand and storytelling. Yeah. Heard that again, heard that before. What do you mean? Well, I mean, it's it's exactly what you said before with the cans. It's it's If we, if we were to, to make good beer and put it in branding that didn't look good and didn't feel good and didn't say anything, then you're going into a bottle shop with a thousand different beers in there, and yeah. you're not selling anything. So, and and I see entre- <clears throat> entrepreneurs make this mistake all the time with branding. They they just don't take it seriously. Like, okay, this might be like a wank term, but every day I go onto Facebook and entrepreneurs are putting up three logos that they got on 99 Designs oh, and asking all of their friends which one's the best. That kills me. I mean, this is not taking your brand seriously. No, it's not. So, so they're not getting it, whether it's a wank word or not. They're not doing it right. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I, I, again, I wasn't being critical, although I was just kind of representing those listening who think it is a wank term. Um, so important. I mean, having come from a 20 years in corporate where I worked in agency, advertising agency land, I mean, brand is drilled into you and let's define brand. I mean, for me, it's an emotional attachment that you work hard at getting people to emotionally engage in your beer because the minute they're rationally engaged, they're just worried about price, right? Yeah. So you're working on the visual look of it, the font, the name, the stories it's telling, um, where those stories are being told, yeah. all, all that. It's like it's like with branding, one plus one equals 11. 
because it, it, the, the one by itself is just a little marketing effort. Yeah. But all those marketing efforts in its entirety, yeah, it kind of adds up to something so much greater. Yeah, and it's very hard to define too because yeah, I think if, if, you're the, if you're the entrepreneur who wants to create something and you're doing that by going to an external designer and saying, make this look nice, it's, it's really not going to work. Mm. You know, so I think, I think it comes down to the entrepreneur saying, well, this is my vision. And, and, and the reason why I got so into branding and design, I've never been a designer, but I think the thing that got me into it the most was reading Steve Jobs' book right. and just, just realising I got really, really inspired by that book, just realising the extent to which he was passionate about the brand and about the design and every little detail of it. Um, and it just made me think like, like Steve Jobs is not a designer, he had a designer working with him, but the designer probably would have done nothing if it wasn't for Steve Jobs because he, he was... He, he loved design. That's, that's right. He loved he design, lo- but why doesn't every entrepreneur love design? Who knows? Well, they should. It's hard, you know, like, you know, as I... One of my dad jokes is, you know, like, I don't know whether to match my socks with my shoes or my pants, you know. It's like, I get the fact that design's important and looks are important, but yeah. actually trying to convert that into something that works... It is hard for many, and um, Jobs was very good. He'd found that intersection between, like, design and functionality, whereas, you know, Gates had just found functionality and, yeah. and didn't give us stuff about what anything looked like. And clearly there's a lot of people, a lot of us, who do like nice things. Yeah, right? yeah. Aesthetic nice and things. And don't beat yourself up because he wore the same thing every day, so it doesn't really Mate, matter. I noticed you've got the black <laughs> shoes, the black sacks, the black T-shirt, This eh? is what I wear every single day. <laughs> I want to focus focus on other decisions that are more important than I, what I wear. I, I don't want to rattle on about storytelling because we have done it on this show many times. But for you, what's at the heart of storytelling for a brand, for a business? I just think I think with any type of content, it's just it's it's doing something interesting. And I know with the businesses that I've had that have done well with WPCOVA's income reports, and what was interesting about that is I was doing them when I wasn't earning an income. Yeah. So it was they were just reports, mm-hmm. and then eventually I was earning an income, and then that became an interesting story to people. Um, and same as with, with Black Ops, it, this idea of three blokes starting a business, we've used that to, you know, raise $18,000 with crowdfunding. We've used it to brew a beer with Call of Duty. We've written a book on it. We've just leveraged it in everything we do. Started a podcast, written blog posts, and, like, that's, it's, just, it's, it's intertwined into everything we do now, and it's become an interesting business that people talk about they're interested in. Well, one thing with, you've done with the Black Ops marketing is that you've chosen to share what you do and how you do it and how you're building this business with others. I mean, you can go onto Black Ops' website, you can buy the book, which is the story of how you've got to where you are now, and your blog posts are not necessarily beer-related, they're business-related, and I'm... Why? There's a bit of both, but, I mean, it's probably the DNA of my past is to write about business. I I knew nothing about beer before Black Ops, and and I don't know a whole lot about it now. Um, (laughs) Govs is the guy who makes the beer, and I do the blog posts. But um, What what is it about? Because it's sort of a train-the-trainer strategy, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, the the thing is, it's it's engaging. That's one thing I say in, in my book is I don't like the idea of picking an avatar and creating content for that avatar, like a, a, an ideal customer, because you end up just creating boring stuff. And I think if you can pick a community, in our case, okay, you pick the craft beer community, and in that community you have bottle shop owners and venue owners, and but you also have home brewers, and you have investors, and you have casual drinkers, um, and you have entrepreneurs, and you have malt suppliers, and you have all of this big, wide group of people who are all in the same industry, all active in the same Facebook groups, all interested in the same stories. Be interesting to that entire group, and it's going to come back around. It's like like you're saying with the boomerang. It's it's going to come back around, even if you're not deli- like directly helping one particular type of customer. Mm-hmm. And so our content will range across that whole whole board and I think that means that 
eventually we're going to write something that's interesting to someone in that group. Mm-hmm. Dan, I don't normally finish with this question because it's it's a rookie interviewee, interviewer's <laughs> question, uh, which is it's it's like – is there anything left that you haven't shared with the small business owners listening, which is very dangerous because in the wrong hands, I've now given you permission to rattle on for the next, next half an hour, but you're the kind of guy who I know has some really strong opinions around entrepreneurism, who's acted on his ideas, and I just wonder, is there something there that you just like, you know, and you're opinionated on your social media, so I'd love you to just <laughs> smash your fist on the desk and go, hear this. Well, you know, the, the big thing I did early on, which has come full circle, was that I'd completely ignored anything local. And I know there's a lot of local businesses in your audience listening to this. And what I did was the opposite. I went and got completely inspired by everything that was happening overseas. So I listened to startup podcasts overseas. I, I you know, read about companies like Apple and the Silicon Valley culture and like these companies that are giving equity away to designers because that's how much they value design. Um, and I just didn't stick to my local community for, from a business point of view at all. And I think that's not a bad idea. And now I've come full circle because I've got a local business and now I'm really deep in the local community. But I've always thought entrepreneurs get way too siloed in how they spend their attention and their time and their friends and all of that. So I think if you're if you're getting all of this small small business and local content, I would do the opposite and get a lot of stuff from overseas and then combine the two. And don't just follow one person, follow 50 different people doing completely different things and assume that everyone is wrong in some way and right in some way because that's that's what I found with everything. No, no one actually knows what your business is and what you need and I would just go a lot broader. Love it, buddy. Well said. Uh, listeners, you can go to dannorris.me and you can go to blackhopsbrewery.com.au. Close, blackhops.com.au. There you go. <laughs> you wouldn't want brewery in there. It's a hard word to spell. It's a hard word uh, to say too. I still haven't quite mastered I it. I agree. <laughs> and if you're on the Gold Coast, I would drop in because I certainly will. Hey, Dan, thanks for finally joining me on the show, mate, and sharing your marketing gold. Well, it's been a pleasure and thank you so much for doing what you do. I've told you that before, but you know this was very inspirational when I started out in business and continues to be. So thank you for having me. Uh, how very kind, young Daniel. There you go, Dan Norris of Black Hops Brewery. Coming up, I share my top three attention grabbers from that fireside chat with Dan. Plus, I've got a marketing idea that will cost you nothing and that should get you a sale today. But first, check this out. Now, I get how busy you are. So busy that you haven't written a blog post or added new content to your website in how long? A month? 10 months? Maybe never. Well, you're not alone. In fact, you're in the majority of small business owners who would rather set fire to their own legs than sit down and write a 500-word blog post even though they know it'd be good for business. But guess what? We speak up to three times as fast as we type. And thanks to Dragon's speech recognition software, you could be smashing out content in literally a third of the time. Dragon converts whatever you say into words on your screen. It's ridiculously accurate right from the get-go, and it learns what you sound like, getting better each time you use it. I actually used it to write this ad. In fact, actually, I spoke this ad. Dragon works on PCs and Macs, and right now you can access an exclusive 35% listener discount over at getdragon.com.au. So get Dragon now and write as fast as you think.
My top three attention grabbers from my chat with serial entrepreneur Dan Norris, thanks to Dragon Speech Recognition Software and 52ways.biz. Attention grabber number one. I just really loved, love, Dan's entrepreneurial spirit. You know, he's out there having a go, not overthinking things and shipping, getting things to market. And I love that. Attention grabber number two, I thought it was interesting that he regrets and didn't learn anything from his eight years of failure. Generally, the cliche is right that, you know, thank God for the failures because I learned from them. I didn't repeat them, but I'm a better person for them. You hear that a bit? I don't know if there's a right or a wrong answer, but uh, Dan's pretty adamant uh, that he wished they'd never happened. And attention grabber number three, his respect for the power of creating helpful content. Dan's a content machine. I want you to be a content machine. Seriously, just start embracing creating helpful content that will position you as an opinion leader and bring a tribe of loyal customers and prospects towards you. If you want to know how to do it, grab a copy of my book, The Boomerang Effect, over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. What have you got to lose? It's time for one simple yet effective marketing idea that you can implement immediately. One that won't cost a fortune and that might just generate you more awareness, more inquiry, ultimately more sales. I call today's idea the 185 second follow-up video hack. How many clients and prospects do you have on your I'll get back to them one day list? If you're like most business owners, it'll be quite a long list. Business gets in the way and you get distracted from following these people up, which is kind of silly given how close they are to buying from you. So let me show you how to convert this low-hanging fruit into sales. All you need is your smartphone and a smile. Step one, select the selfie video function on the message app of your phone. Step two, record a short message to your client or prospect. Step three, hit send, then rinse, and repeat. And here's the pro tip. If you're a little nervous about being on video, then change your mindset. This is about your client, not you. So be less self-conscious and know that you're helping them make a more informed purchase decision. That's my three steps to the 185 second follow-up video hack. And guess how long it takes? 185 seconds if not less. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 377 where you'll find a link to this post plus some additional resources to bring this idea to life, including some tips on how to record outstanding selfie videos and a link to my popular marketing book, The Boomerang Effect. So what have you got to lose? Well, that almost wraps up another episode of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, but there is plenty of marketing gold coming your way in the weeks ahead, as I mentioned earlier in this episode. Peter Hitchener, Rand Fishkin, oh, hello. What a few weeks we've got coming up. Hey, have you listened to the chat I had with Cactus Skincare's Ryan Clark? 
His arguably superficial approach to branding was a little polarising to say the least. Here he is talking about how he alters his character to build rapport with his customers. Let's target the beautiful people just because they're the people that are online, they're they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter constantly. Um, let's let's target those people. And so I went, a friend of mine is a model, um, and he he said, um, you should go to events. I go to them all the, all the time. I'm going to one on Thursday. Do you want to come? So I came along to this thing, and I wore the best clothes that I had available. And uh, I freaked out at first when I first went there. I'd never seen so many good-looking people all in one place at the one time. you know. And I, I could, didn't know where to put my hands, and I was like, going, all right, I'm going to put them in my pockets and just, you know, act casual, you know. And then How long ago is this? This was probably um, two years ago. Okay. And uh, two, two and a half, half years ago. And that was my, f- and I saw him, him roll up and he's wearing this beautiful blazer and his shirt undone. And he looked at me in bucks and I went, all right, that's what I need to do. So then I went out and uh, basically, uh, yeah, maxed out the credit card on clothes and, um, and you know, started working out a lot more. I yeah. got got into like, I, you know, <laughs> I suppose watched Mad Men and looked at Don Draper and go, all right, and you know, and sort of slowed down the way I speak, mm-hmm. looking look at people in the eye. Wow, you know, this this sort of thing. And so, and then also to do that, become and try trying to increase um, how, uh, how charismatic I, I could be when I'm out and, and focusing on that, but with in a non sleazy way, like sort of I'll go and, and do it, be that character, talk, be cool, and then go home, you know? <laughs> Ryan went on to explain how he went on to study socialite psychology, which I had no idea was even a thing. Oh, my goodness, what an interview that was. Hey, you'll find that full interview plus hundreds more over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com or you can subscribe free on your favourite podcast catcher. Hey, I'd love to hear from you. Email me, tim at timreid, reid.com.au, or you can hit me up on Twitter, at Timbo Reid, and I think you should join the Small Business Big Marketing's Facebook page, uh, where we can connect even deeper. (laughs) Don't forget to check out Dragon's speech recognition software. Such a brilliant way to get those long overdue blog posts written once and for all. Get into the habit. Visit getdragon.com.au for an exclusive listener deal. And be sure to grab your free seat at Dale Beaumont's 52 Ways event that's touring Australia now. Simply go to 52ways.biz and grab your seat as they are limited and they're free. If you love the Small Business Big Marketing Show, then let another business owner know about it. Grab their phone, open up the podcast app, subscribe to this show, and you are away. You're doing them a favour. Until next week, I'm Timbo Reid. Thanks for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now. 